Geek Shock. Geek Shock. I'm officially at my heaviest. This is it. This is this is the the moment. Yeah. This is the moment when everything changed. I am now 290. 290. Wow. That's free hundo. And I don't even look like those 300 pound people you see walking around. It just No, you you don't look that at all. (laughs) 290. Really? Yes. Now at my heaviest. I'm just bristling with muscles, Ty. You don't see it, but there's like a 28 pack. You can, you here. can, you can sense it. You can, you can feel it. There's a full keg in there. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I don't have to open um, a can of whoop c- ass. Congratulations! I got it on tap. Uh, is no, that just, why you don't just, have a, a burrito just, uh, and, here? Yeah, I was just thinking about um, it today. I'm like, is, is it bothering you? Yeah. Is it sticking with that. you? It's like, wow, this is. Well, this shirt is kind of uncomfortable now, and it wasn't before. Ah. So. Yep. Yeah. Is it tight like a tiger? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's form fitting, as you will see from uh, Andy's video. Uh, actually, I don't have it on video. Oh, so you're lucky. You no, Andy's playing that. Pokemon I'm Go. He's just holding the phone up. <laughs> uh, I'm preparing. Well, do you have all the sound effects down and turned down on it, or what? <laughs> the, or the, hey, you guys, I'm fat. I know. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly tried to. And that fat out of this big bone. Wow, going, going to the classics. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 411. I'm Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Andy K. Oh, Jesus. Fact <laughs> check Andy. A fatter Matt than last week. And, and we're here fat. to talk week and wait for the second week oh, in a row. Fat Matt the River Rat. <laughs> Before we get started, I just okay. want to get your thoughts on what you guys think about the whole Kevin Spacey thing. Oh, wow. You're going to jump right into that. Wow. I am, because they're really raking over the coals, and rightfully so. I guess. Well, rightfully so, I guess. I'm just, it's no Roman, Pol- uh, uh, what's his name there? Roman, Roman Polanski. Polanski. Yeah, but I mean. Tony Romas? Yeah, Tony, that- Tony Romas, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was at work and I was reading through that today too, so. A lot of times with that stuff, it depends on whether it's a pattern of behavior or if it was a single incident. It's not saying, I'm not saying that it's excusable what he did. But if there's a demonstrable pattern that he's done this repeatedly, then he needs to be condemned. Well, right. well, well there is that now infamous moment of Family Guy cartoondom. What? I don't know if you caught that. Uh, no. You of all people, I thought, would know this. I guess so. There's, it's just a small, not. quick scene. It's a scene inside a busy mall. Uh-huh. And then a naked Stewie runs by and screams, Help, I just escaped from Kevin Spacey's basement. I wow. don't remember that one. So I, I'm not saying it's a pattern of behavior, but the, there's a weird prescient joke in there. When yeah, all the Cosby yeah. ladies show up and start talking about it, then we'll know it's a pattern. Yeah, really. But, I, but I'm like, oh, yeah, I did it. But, oh, hey, look over here. I'm a gay man. Like, it's kind of like hovering up what he did. I, I don't know. I, I think he handled uh, it as well as he could in the situation. You know, I'm, I, I, I guess. I, I, I don't know if I, I don't remember doing it. It's possible. And if I did, I'm really sorry. You know? He was one of my favorite actors. Not anymore. Really? That's all it took. Being horny? 
And you know, fourteen year old, fourteen year old, fourteen. Why was a fourteen year old at the twenty six year old's party? Either that was weird. Parents trying to they work together. Oh, okay, they were in the play together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just I I'm of opinion that you should reserve judgment until all the facts are in. But that's just me. That's good. Oh no, that's not today's society. You're guilty until proven innocent. Well, but that's what. Makes me different. I am the, the law, Jeff. <laughs> I am the law. Double whammy. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. Anyways, no, I'm glad we could start on such a light note. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We're at, at, at dinner. We we're discussing you know, how to take this little gently. Yeah, but uh, nope. Yeah. Just jump right in with both feet. When somebody doesn't come to dinner, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like the, the the theme of dinner was I'm glad we're getting all this dark stuff talked out here, so we don't talk about it on the show. Listen, but no, here comes the Canadian. Well, he could have let off with New York. No, no, so, no. I mean that would have. <laughs> no, do not blame Canada for this. This is Florida. Being back there, yeah, exactly. Florida man ruined me. Anyways, going back to your pool analogy, I'm the friend that pushes you in with your cell phones and all your electronics and all your shit, okay? Somewhere Barry is like, I hate that fucking guy. (laughs) Gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? I went on a... uh, um, uh, Spadigal? No. (laughs) Fallout Fallout 3 New Vegas uh, tour. Fallout 3 New Vegas tour. What what constitutes a tour? I... Uh, Duncan has a friend visiting from England, and I took them out and, uh, and on a ride around, and then Jamie too. I took them all on a ride out to uh, all the little towns that uh, Fallout New Vegas takes place in. Oh, that's terrific! So that that includes. It's been a while since I played. So what does that include? Uh, Sloan, okay. uh, Good Springs. Good uh, Springs is the one I was trying to remember, right? Because that's it's so literally like you're driving. Oh, hold on! Commander <laughs> <laughs> K just pulling Andy. Yeah, he, he did over his. Headphone cord. Yeah, but he, did. he didn't spill anything. <laughs> so next no level. spill, and I caught myself and stopped midway, yeah. which Andy has never <laughs> done. I will say that there was absolutely no damage to anything yeah. done during that hey, moment. Okay, so. while you're over there, can you grab me a soda? For all of our <laughs> sakes? <laughs> plus, plus, there's the fact that nobody ever has to go, hold on, Andy just... And, and you, it's, it's, it's like painfully obvious it has happened. So... Okay, so just take you that. Give him that one. Yeah. <laughs> Good Springs is that one that, that trips me out because literally it's like if you're driving out towards Pahrump or anything on the, the west side of the valley... Mm-hmm. It's like round corner, round a corner, nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh, here's a weird casino off to the side of the road. Wait, no, that's not Good Springs. <laughs> Where did you go, Andy? <laughs> Wait, you wanted the Hills Have Eyes tour, didn't you? Because it's in the game. <laughs> the casino I'm talking about is in the game. <laughs> yeah, the Good Good Springs is where the um uh, the the bar is where the um yes the 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 bar which is in the the little casino. That's there right off of, uh, I forget what it's called after it turns from Blue Diamond Road into yeah, you're, you're, Highway, you're, you're, is it what, 591 something up here. or something? This, like the, the Good Springs is out uh, past, uh, south of Sloan. It's, um, you take a, you go west off of, from Gene to get to it. Okay, so you're talking, Good Springs is north then. Yeah, I think so. That makes sense if it's sent to Pahrump. Yeah. And I can't remember the name of the, the yeah. I know the casino though, I've driven past it yeah. before. But yeah, I know we, it's in the game. But uh, yeah, we went there. We went uh, with Gene. Uh, we went to uh, Prim, which is in the game. Uh, Nipton, which is now uh, uh, Disneyland for pot. And 
Searchlight. You, you went down to Prim too. Yeah, because big, how big many loop. days was this trip? It was uh, it was like a, a seven eight hour drive. We did a big loop. I was gonna say how many hundreds of uh, miles did you put in on this uh, thing? No, it was just, it was probably one hundred and fifty <laughs> tops. How many rad scorpions did you kill? Didn't kill any. Didn't no. see any. I did get uh, I did get attacked by a Joshua tree though. No rad roaches yeah. either. I, I, I was telling <laughs> those you two fans. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, <laughs> we found a Joshua tree forest I'd never seen before. The only part of the road I hadn't trip I hadn't been on was the, the between Nipton and Searchlight. I hadn't driven that road before, and there's this huge Joshua tree forest, and we're walking around showing the pretty you know the guy from England, that, and I'm pointing out the jumping toy and making sure he doesn't step in that. And as I'm look, pointing down, looking at oh, it, no. I. I bring my head back up into the bottom of a Joshua tree and stab the top oh, of my head. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but uh, we Ooh, went into... Um, those are, yeah. We went into um, the Casino in Jean, um, the Gold Strike, I think it is, which used to be... We went in there, and the whole area that used to be where the table games is is now the Terrible Herps Car Museum, oh, which is really? mostly dune buggies, but, oh, it has, huh. but it has a DeLorean. Uh, it, has any, oh. it has a Back to Future DeLorean. It has a Batmobile. It has... Um, uh, the Grease Lightning from uh, Grease. Uh, really? And it has um, a couple cars from Fast and the Furious, including yeah. one that was a, f- a thing that flipped other cars. I'm surprised there's anything interesting in that casino. For yeah, once. I was, I was going to stop there because yeah. it, it used to be what it's, it was Buffalo Bills, right? No, no, no Buffalo Bills is still Buffalo Bills. When Buffalo this Bills. This one's always been. Yeah, I, n- I know what you're talking about because it's on the 15 going south. Yeah, the one in Gene. But, but bu- Buffalo yeah, Bills, was, where the big roller coaster yeah. is, we went in there to see if the roller coaster was open because none of us could remember having seen it run in a long time. Ever. Still don't know if it's running because we went in there and there's like 40 people in the whole casino. Yeah, they right. they apparently only open that stuff on the weekends. Yeah, and we walked back to the where the roller coaster is and it's a little fake ghost town. Yes. And the only thing open was uh, Panda Express. So we had Panda huh? Express. And sat there in the middle of a fake ghost town looking out at the real ghost town of the casino. Yes. I had the same exact experience there a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. Just to get away, went to Prim, said, we're going to go ride the roller coaster. We're going to have a grand old time and had the exact same experience. Yeah. Oh, it's only open on Saturday. I see. Yep. I have never seen that roller coaster run ever in the 17 years I've lived out And here. they have one of the coolest slog rides there Yep. Mm-hmm. because it's one of the ones that has the electric light gun game that you pay. Right, fi- right. Usually at the carnival, 50 cents for You shoot the target, makes the animatronics move. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, But it's a part of the log ride, so you get to have the ride experience with the shooting the targets and make the animatronics move. Mm-hmm. Huh. But it's a bit dry right now because it only runs on Saturday right. or whatever. Yep. So only, yeah. what I'm saying is only go to Prim on Saturday. That's that's <laughs> the, that's the what you take from this. But the, yeah. uh, the little cafe next to the the bar where the game starts. We walked in there. We're walking around, you know, with the you know the gifts and stuff and T-shirts. And the uh, it looks like a bar. It's set up like a bar, but it's just a, it's a little cafe. And the uh, the bartender, she uh, was like it was it was like a couple days for Halloween, so she's sort of Halloweened out. She's got a. Oh. She's got a night before Christmas dress on, and her hair is bright purple. Fun. And she looks at us and goes, ah, Fallout 3 nerds, huh? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wait, how? how nice. You- well, my son wears a derby with goggles all the time, so it was, you know. Gotcha. Um, and we so were, so and we obviously were, this this kind of tour happens quite often. Yeah, she had a bunch of she had a bunch of the pop bottles from behind the counter for a minute, and and That's she goes, hilarious. "Can I get you guys a sarsaparilla?" I'm like, "Okay." Oh my god, we'll I love her already. Well, and and they know they they see us coming because like, oh sure, I'll buy the. So I, I bought everybody around a sarsaparillas, twenty bucks. Oh, four, four sarsaparillas. Oh, <laughs> well, the Vegas, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it did come in a big, you know, it's a big frosty. 
beer type oh, mug okay. full of sarsaparilla. So, you, so it was, yeah, it was a nice experience. It was worth the twenty bucks that time. <laughs> Wouldn't do it again. But if I was taking somebody else out there, I'd let them do it. You think that's bad? When I went to the Golden Knights game, mm-hmm. one can of Bud Light and one can of Miller Light. Mm-hmm. So regular cans, thirty three dollars. Oh, are you serious? Are you serious? That's strip club prices, man. That's strip worse. Club. <laughs> strip club. <laughs> strip club. <laughs> I looked at Paulette and I said, never again. <laughs> Pioneer Saloon. That's the name of the bar. Yeah. Now, I have to ask, was it the, the guy walking down the aisles going, Bud Light here? No. Uh, the actual bars. Are really? In the concession area. The concession area didn't have draft. I am really shocked it's by all that. all cans and... Because they Why make not? way more money off the draft than those cans. No, in this case, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. Wow. If it would have been draft, it would have been $40. Um, anyways, I'd, a, I'd, a, I'd have pretty much, if they'd have quoted me 33 bucks for two cans, I'd have said, you can keep those. I was thirsty. My order. And the water's the same price. <laughs> it's like eight bucks. Yeah, wow, but they had to have a, a drinking fountain. Just go fucking drink. Yeah, okay. Yeah, have a there couple are, sips Yeah, okay, Jeff. Fountain. What is this? Drinking 80s? fountains? 80s? <laughs> what the fuck? There's no drinking fountain. Yes, drinking no, fountains are really down. hard oh, to they're, find. They're required by law to have them. They're hiding the them then. Yeah, yeah they, they hide them under. There's like one the below right the right ice. <laughs> you should be able to ask for water, shouldn't you? Tap water? You'd think, but... so. But I've always... I'm not... I'm not a huge drinker, so I've always loved the logic of I'm dehydrated. I'll have some alcohol. I know. I know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I know. It's. <laughs> I'm thirsty. I know that. Get a okay. beer. Okay. Well, we I all want something cold. We Better? all know that the Canadian physiology is a little different than <laughs> sipping on that tall boy going. By the way, I'm 290. <laughs> hey, my mouth's all dry, you hoser. <laughs> Let me get wanna, some Molson Gold. I wanted something cold. Better. <laughs> That's that's little better. Have you considered Max oh. White? Pa-dum bum. Yeah, no, he's fine. She's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna tell her you said this. You're wow, <laughs> nice, nice guy, Andy over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Well, I, I became Checky Green for a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, it, 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 anyway, that's, can, that's appropriate because he's gonna he's dead too. Ah. So. <laughs> You're on your way. Continue your little nerd tour. Oh, Go ahead. That was, that was pretty much it. Okay. Don't worry. He'll, he'll get to the part all where... Oh, wait, yeah, almost. Mel Blank's son at yeah. this place. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, my geeky thing, uh, not to roll the pity party, but it was actually fascinating. Uh, I'm in the midst of a dental emergency. I'm still not precisely sure how it's going to uh, shake out. But the reason I'm mentioning this is... Back in the day when you went to the dentist and you like asked for x-rays, uh, they frequently want a panoramic if you're like a new patient. And that's where the, the, the x-ray just starts in one end of your jaw and moves around to the other. Right. And you get your teeth, you know, laid out, your whole jaw laid out uh, two-dimensionally. A really cool picture. It is. You're like, cancer, cavity, cavity, so, cavity, yeah, cavity, yeah, exactly, cancer. Right? So I... <laughs> I went into this place because of my problem uh, in, in severe pain. And I'm scared because right now I don't have any dental coverage. And this is, this is, this is rapidly becoming something terrible. You guys are making it very hard to shoot video. And the first, <laughs> the first thing they do is put me in the x-ray room. And I'm looking at the machine. The machine looks like what you're used to. 
And the woman sets up the thing, you know, where they, they, they set a bite on this when you put your head in the who's-its and it keeps you still and everything. She's setting it up and the thing is, the thing's moving around and suddenly I'm like, oh my God, they're doing a panoramic. Even even with insurance, those things are like $450. They're insanely expensive. What the fuck is going on? Oh my, and I'm like, oh, uh, wait. And she's like, no, just bite down. And, and I'm like, uh. and then I hear this computer voice. <laughs> bite down. And I'm is it like, Charlie Brown's down. computer? And this, yeah, it was a voice by Andy. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't even a computer. Andy was there with a microphone. Kirsten. <laughs> but at least it was a Mr. Microphone. Kirsten, have you ever heard my Harrison Ford? <laughs> but so I'm, and the thing goes, mm, and I'm watching the thing, you know, as it moves from one side of my jaw. <laughs> and you're counting across to the dollar, other side. Per minute. And it's really, I'm funny. I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, that was. And then I hear the computer voice. And the first time I hear it clearly, Open your eyes. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I left my eyes open during the x-ray. So now, 20 years from now, I'm going to go blind. <laughs> or you'll have x-ray eyes. Yeah, really. <laughs> so I, and then, and then I sit Davis down, eyes? and she goes, okay, hold on a second. She goes to a computer screen. Click, click, poof, and the picture comes up. And I'm like, yeah. oh, holy shit. And she's like, okay, let's do the, and then she sets me up for the bite wings, which once again, are just like they usually do it. They got that contraption stick in your mouth, right. you know. Kind of cuts at your right, cuts cheek in a little there, bit. It, triggering the gag reflex. I'm like, oh, oh. And it's got the ring. So what dentist office did you go to? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But it's connected to a wire, which runs ah, to the computer. Right. So that's how it does the thing. It's really cool. And she did bite wings. And I'm looking at all this, and I'm like, I'm in so much trouble because I've got enough cash that probably just x-rays alone i'm done for so i won't go into detail what my deal was because uh i'm in the right now i have to take antibiotics so there's no procedures to be done yet it's probably a tumor it's yeah, not really. a tumor but at the end of the appointment when they're like okay go home think about your options what you want to do keep taking the amoxicillin blah 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 they give me the bill forty dollars Aha. Which I was just like, wow. A, a half dozen bite wings and a panoramic x-ray alone, even with insurance in the good old days, would be several hundred dollars. And this was friggin' 40 bucks. Technology. No insurance. I was yeah, amazed. They don't use the film a lot anymore because yeah. it... It's expensive. You know, well, yeah. it's expensive. It's expensive to develop. And, and, and it, it, you know, I don't... I don't think she was an X-ray well. I don't, Technician. Then, then again, in dentist places, they probably use the dental assistants anyway. Yeah. But um, but it was also cool because when I when the dentist came in to see me, he's got his little seventeen-inch uh, monitor, maybe maybe a twenty-something, in the corner, and then he's got a big flat screen up in the wall looking down. Oh wow! So he would just bring up the picture and use a cursor, and he's like, "Okay, you see this area here? That's a." The infection, blah, 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 and this over here, da, da, da. I mean, he was just, and it was like incredible. It was really great utility of the technology. So I'm sitting here, these waves of pain stabbing through my face, and I'm also like, wow, that's that's really incredible. That's amazing. <laughs> so it was really, it was really quite remarkable, quite an interesting geek adventure that huh. if uh, horribleness was not, very closely in my future, I would have been even mm. more fascinated with, but it was interesting. When was the last time anybody in this room saw a spit sink? When did those get taken away? 
a long time when ago. When did you lose yeah, the dignity of being able to spit? That's I got all... I got one in my room. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just they just that, feel like the suction that fish is enough. Hook in your mouth and <laughs> yes. Yeah. They, they spray the water on your teeth and say, "All right," and then yeah. sucks it out. <laughs> I like the sound effects you get. Now, yeah. if you go out to Prim. They've actually oh, got yeah. a little brass oh, sure, thing yeah. on the floor. And, <laughs> sure. You know. And they get you the sarsaparilla first. You know, and, that would be fun. And does Steve I Martin come in and go, Doc, now spit! Doc Holliday's old-timey uh, denta- dentist. No, uh, you know, no, no, that would not be fun. Yeah. That would be the opposite of fun. <laughs> a little, a little. <laughs> we accept all insurance. You know, I, that, I, that hole in the wall you see is my body size. <laughs> <laughs> okay, be, you can spit now. Ding! I'd be very surprised if he was in a spit tune in the Pioneer Saloon. I bet there's one in there. Uh, they're, they're, uh, a drill that's run by a foot pedal. No! Unless, <laughs> unless, for some reason, there's a health thing about it. Oh, good point. Although, it's good springs. They don't really care about uh, the Well, true. They don't really care about the government out there. Wouldn't that be hilarious? You see this the spittoon and then the little disclaimer not for actual use because <laughs> they have to put that because of the sure. health regs. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. I had a beautiful Halloween moment this Sunday as I went to see the man himself, John Carpenter, oh. perform live his, or well, I can't call it orchestral, his movie themes. That was a hell of a show. I mean, when you're sitting there watching John Carpenter, movie director of some of the greatest horror movies of all time, sure, playing the music that he wrote for those movies and stopping and going this is never going to happen really ever again because what other director does this yeah and what other director would have the uh brass balls and chutzpah to go you know what i'm going on tour to play this stuff (laughs) so it was an amazing show he played about four only about four original songs and his original songs are really impressive it's I think the albums are called like for the theater of the mind or something like that. Or Original songs meaning songs that weren't related to a movie. Yeah, ones that he just you know, that, that he wrote, but are very, very much in the vein of John Carpenter music. But John Carpenter, if you if you pay attention to the Halloween theme, likes to play with time signatures, so the stuff he does can get a little complex. It was kind of impressive to listen to that in his original stuff. In fact, at one point during one of his songs, they actually did the Tom Sawyer drum solo breakdown in the middle of it. And then I was like, well, that was a fun little thing. The what? Wow. Tom Sawyer from Rush. Yeah. You know, the the Neil Peart, when he does the drum rolls, when it does the breakdown after the instrumental. Oh, okay. They did that during one of his songs. Gotcha. And it's... Matt was like, I got you. Yeah, Matt was on board the whole time. <laughs> oh, I didn't have to say anything. It's well known. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> now, that part of him remains Canadian. That's not part of his bad Florida side. Now they open the opening band, uh, quote unquote. Ish uh, band. Uh, I think his name was Perturbator. Perturbator, like, like perturb, and then put Bader at the end of it. Okay, Perturbator, Perturbator. But he he was a waveform electro artist. Fun. That sounds uh, like pain. It's no, it's the DJ is what it is. Oh. So it's He's like here. I have this laptop in front of me. I'm doing stuff. Just pay me. You gotta. Yeah, I'm doing. Look, I'm turning yeah, this knob and yeah, this going <laughs> like this. And there were people there that were specifically to see him. There were people that arrived late, sitting next to me. Uh, he did about a 45 minute set, and they arrived about a half hour into it, 
And the girl was looking at me in almost a panic going, how long has he played? Uh-oh. How long has he played? And I'm like, well, he's about a half hour so far. And then in like 15 more minutes, he was done. And she was so upset that she missed him. And there were a lot of people just really into him. So did, did there were some start, people there just to see him. Did they start the show early or no. was she just an in idiot? Th- in fact, <laughs> it's about the only time at the Hard Rock Joint I've ever seen them start a show on time. Mm. Ever. I don't understand. So I'll, I'll that, give them a pause for that. People stroll in, you know, 15, 20 minutes into a show. I, I don't. Well, frankly, most shows don't start on time. Yeah. I, I can't think of a time at the Hard Rock where it did start so at least 15 minutes now. late. <clears throat> this is a joint. I hate that venue. See, I oh, like I, I love the new joint. You you should have you should have lied and said, oh, it was like five minutes ago. <laughs> I, 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 then she would have been like, oh, well, I'm the so thing glad is that we the got whole, in when actually, we Actually, the whole thing was kind of running together. I was like, I think it's been 20 minutes. Actually, at that point, it had been a half hour, but... Mm-hmm. It was kid, this kid in his 20s. I, I looked him up. He's a electronica producer, and I guess he's really heavy in the whole waveform aspect. The music was great. The music he put out there was very 80s horror soundtrack style with a modern electronica beat to it. And it's something I could easily listen to in the off time, like a home, in the car, something like that. It's stuff that's like, this is good stuff. However... Unless you have a lot of lights, bells, whistles, and effects, live DJ performance is very uninteresting. Yeah. He had me for about 15 minutes, and at that point I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm done. In fact, they had the light situation so heavy that it was basically a strobe effect to the whole thing, so eventually I just had to goddamn close my eyes and just, 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 just listen to it and, and enjoy it like I'm listening to a record very loud and... Behind my eyes, Stroby record. Ugh. I I hate opening acts. I've oh. seen some great ones. It just it seems like for the most part, most opening acts don't line up with the style of music of the headliner. But that's just it. Here it did because his music was very 80s style, John Carpenter esque horror theme stuff that he had written himself. Okay, and and it's obvious that he's very very much into. Uh, while I was there beforehand, I followed the Church of Satan on Twitter and so on. And I was like, that was someone was throwing up there. It was like, hey, Reverend so and so from the Church of Satan is seeing John Carpenter. That and I was like, well, that's interesting. I'm obviously a horror fan, but I think he was more there to see Perturbator. Mm. So, and I think he's heavy into that circle. But the show itself, John Carpenter. I mean. The moment he starts the themes, you know, the fog, they live, of course, Halloween. Man. But no theme song from Big Trouble in Little China. No, they had the actual the theme, theme from, just not the... but not the pop song that yeah. he does at the end. Gotcha. The one that, that Jeff no likes to sing. Big Trouble in Little China. In little China. Yeah. yeah. Instead, it was the. The one that goes throughout the movie. And that's the thing with John Carpenter is that he's got really good pop chops. The, those themes stick with you. Even uh, Village of the Damned, when he had did that one, it was like, yeah, I remember this song. I remember this theme. That, I haven't seen the movie since the 90s, but that stuck. The only one I didn't recognize was Body Bags. That yeah. was it. You're saying what other director might do that? Woody Allen probably has the stuff for it, but he couldn't get him to leave New York City. So he, he writes his own music? Uh, he, he does he plays clarinet, I know, so he does music. 
<laughs> I don't think that's the same thing. But he writes like be yeah, writes like he writes everything, right? Chicks Carpenter. John Carpenter? Yeah. He he composes the songs. Composes yes. everything. Yeah. That's great. And his son was there playing the keyboards as well, so that was mm. cool to see that. And and of course the man just exudes cool. When he starts They Live, which has that really good blues riff mm-hmm. into it to start it out. It there's throwing up the on the screen the whole obey, consume, mm-hmm. reproduce. And then he throws the sunglasses on himself, and then they go into the whole thing. It's it is beautifully done, and, and the, the man walks off stage with just the swagger he deserves. So, wow. did he play Assault on Precinct? Yes, he did. Oh, there wasn't a movie. That, in fact, he did a few oh. from movies like uh, Vampires, which he didn't do the theme for. He just he said, said who did the theme for it, the name of the person, and they played that as well. Oh. So, if it was one, the only movies I didn't see him do a theme for was. Uh, uh, Escape from L.A. and uh, Ghost from Mars. That's uh, the only t- only two oh, that I recognize. I bet you that's some kind of rights thing. Might be because uh, Ghost yeah. from Mars is one of his bigger. Isn't that one of his bigger studio? It is one of the more studio picks, and it didn't do very well. Yeah, but Lord, it Escape from L.A. So maybe that was part <laughs> of it. Maybe so. Yeah. But they opened with uh, Escape from New York, so it did well. Yeah, and they finished with Christine, so it was nice. It was a beautiful show through and through, and of course they had the video screen behind him playing through each one. Yeah, if if he's coming to your town, by all means, got go see him. It, it's, this kind of thing is never going to happen again. Yeah. And if you're a Carpenter fan, man, don't miss it. Well, that sucks, Kay. Yeah, I had to. I had to be hanging out with friends that night. I know, right? <laughs> <A> fucking <laughs> loser. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So what else you do, gentlemen? Um, but you know, I'll, I'll throw a secondary thing. Ooh. I reached my book reading goal of the year. Uh, oh, Fifty two months early. Fifty books I, I hit this week. Wow. For the year, and the fiftieth book was Mike Cole's book that we talked about last week. Yeah, uh, I, I, I hate the name of his book. Because I always switch the words around, right. like Control Ops Shadow Company yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Shadow Ops Control Point. That's the one. Yeah. Wow. So what do you think? That book is so good, mm. like through and through. It it doesn't stick to that whole three act save the cat formula, so mm. you just don't know what's going to happen next. No, no. And that goes into such. You think it know you know where it's going to go, and then it yeah. doesn't. Yeah, he he said that he was deliberately writing that to defy convention. And in fact, if if I didn't have to stop to read the book uh, book club book this month, I would be reading the next book now. Ah. And and I'm not decrying that because the book club book pick this month is really good. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll get into that later. But the Mike Cole series, I, I can't rec. I I'm going to blast through this series, and I want to read the whole Gemini Cell set. Yeah, he and he plays around with this trilogy too. He doesn't just stick with the one protagonist and oh. he flips things around he plays with characters oh then i'm so, really so forward it, to that he gets really really jiggy with it because there there are some na, na, great na, characters na, 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 that are on na, na. on like the sidelines that na, 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 na. yeah every i mean he created i'm amazed this is his first novel mm-hmm. that is so impressive for a first novel and the characters are well drawn i want to know more about some of these ancillary guys so you're telling me this uh, yeah makes me very happy yeah mm. In yeah, fact, and, and, when this is all done, I'll probably go into his fantasy series. And he's and he's cool. He's an actual military dude, so there's a great deal of verisimilitude to his stuff. I like it's this a, right on the front of the book. Army officer, fugitive, sorcerer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, uh, Peter V. Brett, who's also a fantasy author and a friend of his, gave him probably one of the best cover blurbs ever. That's the X-Men meets Black Hawk Down, yeah. which is just like, that's all you need. Yeah, that's you, a log line. You're, there are your sales right there. And, yeah. and it goes to really, really dark places yep. from the beginning. It is oh, like his... Like, uh, when uh, powers are first manifesting, that really big fuck up he has. Yes, it oh. was really funny because I was, I was waiting. Okay, how's he going to fix that? It he doesn't. It, it's like, <laughs> wow, what the fuck? You know, that was just something. Um, uh, but even the world that they built, the, the world, the powers, the different type, the way the magic works and stuff like that. He had some nice ideas too. Yeah, I love the idea of the portomancer. I love the idea of the negromancer, which is somebody that can make things rot. Yeah. They're just like over time, like just metal or whatever, just speed up time for just that one small area so that things just rot. And when you apply that to the human body, it's absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Like a flesh-eating virus. Worse. Boom. Where she'll be longing for a flesh-eating virus. Yeah, really. So, yeah, I can't recommend that book series enough in fact i put it right up there with josh malaman's bird box is one of the top recommendations for the year whoa well goodness gracious yeah, go mike cole yeah of course i mentioned this years ago you but, did you, know, you did you, you people I, I, be I like oh torgo it. likes it i'm gonna oh yeah it only it only got a 3.5 out of 5 on goodreads though fuck those guys <laughs> they don't know what's going on man. i don't know what's going on uh i have continued to play south park uh, didn't get to put as many hours in this last week as I did the previous week, but uh, did you wear out your pocket universe. Wear out my pocket universe. Yeah, the one that allows you to spend, play games for no four, forty hours so, of the twenty-four yeah. hour day. <laughs> yeah, gaming that, universe. I'm, I might have done that. Uh, I I did end up working more last week and coming home later, so that's part of it. But uh, I also watched the premiere episode of uh, Stranger Things. Mm. Uh, it's interesting to see where they might be going this season. I haven't watched the second episode yet. And I started... Uh, I've had them on the DVR for a while. I just haven't had a chance to watch it. But I started The uh, the Gifted from Fox, which is uh, set in the X-Men universe. That first episode was really interesting. So I'm, I'm eager to see where it goes. Because I've had some people that have uh, talked to me about it at work said that... Uh, the next couple episodes are really intense, so oh. I'm interested to see. Um, but you know, the first episode. That's the one with the, uh, the 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 kids of the family. Their yeah. powers arise, so they go on the run. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, the the father is actually a prosecutor because oh. in, in the future, they hunt them down. Being right? a mutant, yeah, yeah, being a mutant is illegal. Just being a mutant is illegal. You're you're put away. Um, in like uh, Guantanamo Bay kind of thing, just for being a the for raft. being a mutant. Just like Shadow Point Control. Again, I haven't seen. They haven't gotten deep into the universe in just it's the first episode, down. but, but yeah. So, you know, if you exhibit any kind of powers, regardless of whether they're you know, you know, potentially harmful or completely innocuous, they lock you up. Yeah. But there's like this weird agency <laughs> called the Sentinel Agency that just comes and gets you, and they have like zero oversight. So, anyway. I'm terribly sorry. I imagine this this. He was saying, you know, any any uh, any kind of power, you know, they, they put mm-hmm. you away. And I picture this big mutant concentration camp, and there's poor Andy in the corner. <laughs> I just spill stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and me rolling dice. Seven, yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We did. Ha- oh, you know, um, 
Uh, no, I don't want to step on you, Jeff. I mean, but I do have a, one other thing. Okay. Oh, go ahead. I mean, that was pretty much the end of it. I All right. Just, I, I'm just. I'm hearing. I'm, I'm hearing good things about it. People are yeah. de- seem to be receiving it better than the Inhumans. Sure. <laughs> yes. Which I still haven't. I, I've only watched the first two episodes of Inhumans, and I haven't been had. I've had the opportunity to go back. I've just chosen to do other things. So. How is how is Black Bolt? Because that guy is doing a, an actor's simultaneous dream and nightmare. The sure. role where you don't speak. Yeah. You have to do it all through your eyes. Well, in in the series, he does sign language. So he's signing and emoting through facial expressions while doing sign language. Hmm. So for those people that know how to read sign language and I'm super super rusty on my sign language so oh, I Jeff. I recognize Jeff, a couple Jeff. of disappointing the signs. man I know I know one but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the middle finger of course my favorite my sister would be hearing this and just being very disappointed cuz she was a paraprofessional for a while and is actually very fluent in sign language she so. should watch it so but anyway the characters some of them are really good, and some of them, I think they've chosen the wrong actors to portray the various characters. But, Uh-oh. again, I'm only two episodes in, so I don't want to say that it's the whole series that way. But I'll probably finish in Humans later on. But if I had to pick between the two from just watching one to two episodes, I'd say The Gifted seems like it has more potential. All right. I'll be quick. My, right. mine, uh, I'm on like a Stargate bender right now, so I, did, uh-huh. I finished Atlantis, all of it. And then I did. S- I'm on halfway through SG uh, Universe, Stargate Universe, right now. They've been playing SG One and uh, Atlantis on El Rey in the afternoon. That's what so whetted my appetite a bit. I'm, a lot like, of- I'm just going to start it. I actually got Hulu just for that. Sure. Wow. So I get up before I, you know, go to work, and sometimes I'm just sitting there relaxing before I know I have to like start getting ready for work, and I'll kick on the TV and watch whichever episode's on. So. I forgot how dark and gritty uh, SGU was, like a Battlestar Galactica. Type. Oh, yeah. yeah. With the the camera angles and shots and all that. Right. Really neat. Anyways, you had something. No, I was just, uh, uh, we were. Pl- you mentioned the dice. We were playing Catan. Okay. We we tend to play a very soft version of Catan <laughs> where... No physical when, contact? When, when we roll up uh, the... Don't touch. On, in the game of Catan which is dealing with settlements and building resources. It's a resource-building game, essentially. You do have a, th- a mechanic where you roll 2D, 2d6 to decide what resources are produced where. A 7 is not a resource production. It forces you to pick up the robber and drop it on a resource. Now, what that does is suppress that resource's production, and you also steal one of the people who has settled that uh, hex. You steal some resources. So, I didn't move it, I don't think, but we, I was talking, you know, I was about to roll, Andy had gone before me, and I was like, well, I, I'm not moving the robber, if I was to move the robber, I'd just put it on that hex that's 12. 12 means you roll two, you know, roll a 12 on 2d6, it produces resources. Okay. Andy has two settlements on there, and he's like, no, you can't do that, I, have to, I, need, I need those resources, and I'm like... With twelves, and I'm shaking the dice, and I'm like, "Dude, you're never gonna get a 12. And I roll the dice, and it comes up twelve. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Yep, which was that's the way that scene's supposed to play out. Yeah, right. There <laughs> but, was also but then Matt started calling them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> like 
like Babe Ruth style? I have, I have dice powers, I guess. Oh, so. well, he was a little upset because he, um, hence you in the gift. Didn't you do? Didn't you do like a like how many sevens in a roll or something? Yeah, I did a seven three times or something. Yeah, and I mean you go around and everybody rolls. And and Matt was frustrated because he kept rolling seven, so no no resources are getting produced. The robbers just getting dropped, and nothing's really working. And it, so that was pretty funny. But um, Paulette was set to win. Um, she just needed to build a couple roads. She'd grab longest road. Boom! She hits the victory conditions. She had a fistful of uh, lumber. Ah, and it was so really funny. Because uh, worst Clint Eastwood movie ever. <laughs> Yeah, right. (laughs) And and if if you have lumber and brick, you can build roads. So she has a hand that's full of lumber. And uh, at at first, uh, um, Matt had said something about you know, oh God, you know, you gotta gotta stop her from getting lumber. I know getting, uh, yeah, getting lumber because. And she's like, no. And she like she shows him her hand. And she's like, you're totally wrong. And he's like, brick, you got to stop brick. <laughs> well, she has one brick. It's a 10, which means you got to roll a 10 on 2d6. So the odds are not great, but they're not lousy. And she has, she's got it stocked up. She's got a city and a settlement, so she gets tons of resources so One out of roll, it. and she gets a bunch of brick. One roll, she wins the game on that turn. I, I rolled, didn't I? Or yep. did I have a soldier? I think I rolled. You rolled. I rolled a 7. Pick up the robber. Brick. I dropped it on her hex. I pulled her card. She picks up the dice, rolls a 10. Jesus. So I blocked her from winning the game on I can, that I round. I can feel her stare at you from <laughs> here right now Yeah. in the future. No. So it was hilarious. She did eventually win. We went three more rounds, and she managed to pull it out. I came within one point. I actually, Matt and I did some serious horse trading where I was like, Matt, uh, uh, and he's like, "What? What do you need? I'll trade whatever, you know." And I'm like, "Dude, I need." If it's funny, because I had some stone, I You'd had call it some conspiring. If it was it's subtle at all, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, I need five stone. If I had gotten five stone, I could have built two cities in one." But he's like, "I don't have that." I managed to get enough to get two development cards. So I got my two development cards, and I was at. Uh, six points on the board. Okay. And I flip my development cards. I'm like, one victory point for seven, another victory point for eight, ah. another victory point for nine. <laughs> no, I don't have ten. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't win it. And and we all laughed. And Paulette, we didn't, she didn't even really have to roll because basically she was on her... She, forgot, she you, was going to get largest army. You forgot midway through the game how she brutally cut Andy's empire right oh, in half. Yeah, she did. So. Paulette loves road building. <laughs> and when if you, you build it right in Catan, your roads can just cut through somebody and they can't advance any further. So she trades with Andy. Andy's like, yeah, sure, I'll give you a brick. Oh, oh I'll yeah. give you one. Here you go, here you go. And she's like, oh, thank you. Puts down like three or four roads, like do 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 cuts effectively cuts off his two cities. Okay, he's like, him in half, holy fuck! Thank you very much. Blocks no, no. him from building, and he's just sitting there. And then I looked at her road, and I'm like, and you Damn, traded, and you traded with her. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy was like, yes, thank you, yes. So. <laughs> and then it'd be funny because for the rest of the game, 
Paulette would roll. All right, does anyone, can anyone trade for some lumber? And Andy would like, yes, but no. <laughs> yeah, he does, you know, in her face, refused to trade for the rest of the evening. It's Andy, beautiful. Andy handed her the knife that stuck him in the back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yep. That was just. That was, but then but, I won DC deck building soundly because for geez. some reason we didn't take Man of Steel out of the game like they often do when I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, he got Man of Steel and. Like, my, my character, Superman, is all built on collecting superpower cards. And Matt and Andy, before me, would scoop up all the superpowers. They know you're, you're what you do. So I didn't hey. get a thing. Hey. I started well below the power creep of that game. I was like, I'll be the Flash. He's the worst character in the game. But I want to win with him. Huh. I'm going to win with him. Because his power... Have you played DC deck building? No, I haven't. Okay. It specifically Flash always goes first. Yeah, always goes first. So I was like, okay, I'll go first. And then it's whenever you draw a card that makes you draw another card, you get to draw another card during your turn. <laughs> wow, that that made all the sense. <laughs> so sorry, you play a card that allows you to draw a card the very first time during your turn. You then you can get draw to have another an extra one. Card. So right. two. Flash will let you draw another one. But you can't do it during anyone else's turn. But there's some defense cards that make you draw a card after you use them. So I'm like, what the? Take the last part of that out of there. He'd be a good character. Mm-hmm. Stronger. Stronger. Meanwhile, I kicked your ass with Aquaman. (laughs) Yeah. Did you really? Aquaman's powerful in that game. Jeff doesn't even know the game, (laughs) but he's like, really? Aquaman? (laughs) If you buy a card that has five five or four. Four Aquaman. I just want to hold and say, there's some solid trolling right there. Five or four? Hello, man. (laughs) Five. Five value. So if he buys a card worth five value, he can put it on the top of his deck. Aquaman's a beast in that game. It's the only game where he is. <laughs> it's just giving Aquaman shit. Because, I know. <laughs> uh, I recently rewatched the Robot Chicken DC Universe special, <laughs> yeah. and they just totally oh bag God. on him through that whole, yeah, the whole time. thirty minutes. So that's. I want to anyway. see if they once Justice League comes out, if they do anything at all to play with Jason Momoa, because mm. I have a feeling. I mean, they could always overhype in the in the trailers. But I have a feeling he's actually going to make Aquaman kind of cool. And it'll be interesting to see if... Uh, if they make old G- Aquaman jokes for I new re- Aquaman. Yeah. I remember they yeah. tried to make him more badass in the comics. Well, when they cut off his hand, his hand against yeah, the hook. The, the hand with the... Put the, it in people's mouth and sucked out their spit. <laughs> 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 Took me a moment. With his little... Back. His greatest nemesis, Spittoon. Bing! <laughs> 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 I, I want to do a public service announcement. Oh, no. For anybody that grew up in the 70s, 80s, and possibly the early 90s. And you remember the old Sears and the old Montgomery Ward. I say Montgomery Ward catalog. Wish yeah. books. Yep. The Christmas catalogs that, that defined what we wanted for Christmas. Oh, I thought you were going to go into a Garanimals thing. Okay, carry on. Wow, you were getting really specific <laughs> on that. Andy? It makes me worry. Specific and, and, and obscure? What? Garanimals. It's funny you say that because I was just thinking about the Montgomery Ward catalog a couple days ago. Today when I was researching the show, I got to thinking about the catalogs because I have bought those catalogs on eBay. Yeah. It's in for ridiculous amounts of money for what you know, they were really, yeah, because I wanted to revisit those childhood catalogs okay. that I, you know, I'd make Christmas lists from those. How much things. have you paid for a old catalog that you can't buy anything out of? Uh, 25 bucks. Okay, yeah, not, so yeah, I'm not going crazy here, uh, but there is a website, I think it was called uh, wishbookweb.com. Okay, 
And when you think about the Internet Archive and how it has all the old books and magazines and so on, this website has old scanned wish books back to the 50s. Actually, I think it goes in, I think they have some from the 30s. Oh, wow. So if you want to revisit those wish book catalogs without having to spend $25 on eBay, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, wishbookweb.com has them all. And it's a, it has wow. a really good feature with it that uh, makes it like you're reading in a, a magazine. You can zoom on things. You can highlight text, whatever you do. It's, it's got some good tools for it. I nice. always, when I was reading those catalogs, wanted them to have the displays that were in the catalogs like in the stores. I remember, like, there was one where they had, um, I was pretty sure it was the Empire Strikes Back toys were out that year, and they had a little snow-type diorama and had the AT-ATs on it, and it had all the, the different Rebel uh, snow blaster cannons. Oh, and, I know and you're and it, about. So it's like this whole big snowscape with all the figures and the toys set up kind of in action poses, and you're like, I, 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 saw I that want today. that. I don't want the individual toys. I want that whole thing. And another one that vividly I remember was uh, Transformers. They had a, kind of a space, you know, background, and then kind of a weird cyber planetscape. And it had, uh, Saw, you know, yeah, several of the Transformers in different poses. And you know, some were transformed, some were in the process of transforming. And I'm just looking at this. Like, that is so cool. Sold the story to you, yeah. Right there, yeah. It was like a mini story in just a single picture. So if you want to revisit those things, check out that website. It's free. Yay. Anything oh. else, gentlemen? Oh, and uh, yay back to Mandy. Mandy gave us a yay when I put up our picture on Facebook. Yay. So. Uh, yay back. And yay, thank Mandy. you for the Tim Tams, which we just finished off tonight, finally. Oh, well, there's one no, still. There's one left. Oh, I saved that one for you. Oh. I did. I'm too fat. Go ahead. <laughs> take it. Here you still go. the last one. Here you go, Andy. Wow. I am okay. the last one. I'll wow. And he's like, fuck it, I don't care. Yeah. Really <laughs> twisted his arm on that one. It's a Tim Tam, man. It's worth the calories. I am the Tim Tam. Woo! So I'm we didn't man. do any news last week, so let's uh, do some news this week, gentlemen. News you don't give a shit about. <laughs> the same every podcast. <laughs> no. Well, except for when we do the Popomatic of Doom. <laughs> Professor Biggs, everybody. <laughs> Actually, I wasn't trying to do bigs at all. <laughs> Still, that was not bad. You're okay. Somewhere his balls are tickling. <laughs> <laughs> he not because of that. Just oh, okay. <laughs> 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 and right now, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, we got it. You know what? For the for the for the uh, uh, podcaster um, bios. Mm-hmm. We really need Professor Biggs to submit his O face. <laughs> oh my! And it, it's really scary too because yeah. Professor Biggs will actually do his O face for you if you ask. <laughs> I remember one yep. one game night we really kind of started grading on Paulette's nerves because like, <laughs> Steve, yeah, dude, what would your O face be? And he like, uh, 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 and, and Paulette's looking at him like, what the hell? And then later on, it was like, yeah, like, and then Steve's O face would happen. And he did it again. <laughs> oh, this is getting, wow. Oh, oh, oh. So, yeah, when you see Professor Biggs, ask him for his O face. There What's you go. Face? <laughs> What's your O face? <laughs> Email us at. Write to us. Ah! <laughs> News you don't give a shit about Contra. 
Yes. I care about this. The 1987 classic arcade game by Konami. One of the best ones. Is now set to become both a live action feature film and a television drama. I don't care about this. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, you, your, eyes, your eyes got up wide for a second. There's there. not enough shit there for a Contra movie and a TV <laughs> series. Come on, Andy. They made a battleship movie. Wasn't that is true. That <laughs> no, that was already demonstrated. There they wasn't enough. All about that. They <laughs> badly made a battleship movie. So it wasn't done well. They made an it entire Pac-Man TV series and a movie. Oh no, actually, Twice? Had Pac-Man in it. Actually, didn't they do the? They did two different versions of Pac-Man. Really? I, I just remember one, the animated cartoon. Yeah, right, but I think they did about. a more recent version as well. Huh? An animated cartoon. Well. The film project was already announced earlier this year, and now Konami Digital Entertainment has confirmed in a press release plans for a TV show as well. So Contra, distributed by uh, as Grizor in Europe and Oceania, is a run-and-gun action game that started life as a coin-operated arcade game in uh, 1987, with a home version released for the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1988. Oh, Andy's moving. Everyone's nervous. The name, God, you did that on purpose, right? You did that on purpose? I did. Okay. Okay. Jesus. (laughs) The neighbor downstairs is like, that guy. I just saw him stumble, so I couldn't tell whether, I I saw the front half of the stumble, so I couldn't tell whether that was on purpose or not. I was going to say, there's nothing for him to trip on back there, but that doesn't matter. Well, there's the carpet that's back there, so. (laughs) There's floor. There's floor. There's acting. (laughs) Genius. The name refers to the Contras, a group of CIA-backed Nicaraguan rebels. Nicaraguan? Sure, I'll take it. The action in the original plot for the games takes place in 2633, uh, where the evil Red Falcon organization has set a base on the Galaga Arpeggio near New Zealand. Arpeggio? Galaga? That man's playing Galaga. Archipelago. All right. <laughs> Archipelago? <laughs> Near New Zealand in a bid to take over the world. Two commandos, PFC Bill Riser and PFC Lance Bean. Yeah, those are their names. I had no idea they had names. Of the Contra unit, described as an elite group of soldiers specializing in guerrilla warfare, are tasked with destroying the alien enemy. Uh, according to the release, the further details about the production will be announced at a later date. Uh, no word on directors or <laughs> talent uh, attached just yet. All right. On a side note, I just looked up and saw you have the MST uh, pop Funko Pops. Yes, up I do. Ah. When did you get those? I, I bought those a couple days ago. Okay. When I decided to go out and get you gentlemen all a gift. Ooh. Oh. Which I will give. I you didn't now. know you were doing that because I have a gift for you that I found the other day. Oh really? Wow. Yes. So I didn't get you guys shit. Whatever. We, I'll okay. I'll bring it next week. Well, first of all. <laughs> So I don't have it here now, so I'll bring it next week. <laughs> wow. All right. So you almost so, gave it to him. I'll gladly pay you Tuesday so, for a pop today. You know what? I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't? No. Okay. I, I think that you invented this story, and now you'll go out and get me a gift nope. for next week. No. Nope. Yeah? I'll have Paulette back me because she was there. Yeah? You yes. have the receipt? That's true. She won't like her. I do, man. actually. Yeah? She Got a won't. date on the receipt? Yes, something it does. about the Re- yeah, You have a receipt. Redact everything. No, I have the gift. Oh. <laughs> Redact, <laughs> redact everything but the date. You know what? And the actual item. You do have the gift. I do. <laughs> the gift of dance. Only because so, when I walked by it, 
it was so you. And I was Aww. like, yep, that's him. That's so. I, I, look, I look forward to it. This is really sweet. Yeah. And I, I felt bad. It better be a hell of a good now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got some buildup now. If you made it up, man, you're really going to have to scrape. <laughs> so, first of all, if we never properly said happy Halloween, we're recording this on Halloween. Yes. So yes. happy Halloween, all the yeah. shock monkeys out there. But, gentlemen, I wanted to buy you a Halloween gift. Well, so, this, is, this is happening on Wednesday, so happy... So, happy uh, no, this is happening on Tuesday. The, right, this is I mean, released on Wednesday. I'll be Wednesday. listening to it, so it's happy, I, I, happy I don't uh, care. Coma. This is real time. Oh, my. Gentlemen, I went and got each one of you the DC House of Horror. Oh, this is oh, wonderful. How funny. This is the one that's written by all the great modern horror authors, Brian Keane, Mary San Giovanni, Rated Edward T for Lee, T plus. Rath James White, Ron Malfi. It's got Pizarro on the cover. Yeah, they basically, DC gave it to the horror authors and said, do whatever you want with the hor- DC characters, just make a horror story out of it. Wow, wow. that's a thick one. Yeah, it's a one-shot. That's, that's what she said. In fact, getting this was an adventure. I stopped at Ralph's, first of all, because I was like, I'm going to buy one for each of you. And he'd already sold out. So he called up Cosmic to see if they had some, because Ralph's awesome like that. Yes, he is. And Ralph, the Cosmic had some. So I ran over to Cosmic Comics. Went up front and said, all right, I'm here to, for the DC House of Horror comics. And said, they are right here. And I said, great. And so I grabbed five of them. And they said, no, 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 no. You can't have that many. I'm like, what? what? Wow. It's like, oh, no, it's a limit. We have a, And I'm like, so I, I started pulling a little credit. I'm like, oh, I wanted to buy one for each of the guys from the podcast. And they're like, oh. Oh, uh, I think we have some more back in the back. Yeah, yeah, you can have these. You can have these. So a quick shout out also to Cosmic Comics for breaking the rules so I can get these guys a gift. But that now, means that Cosmic Comics is also trying to stop speculators. So good for them. Yeah. <clears throat> Was it Ralph that you talked to or one of his minions? No, I, I talked to Ralph. Okay. Ralph. Ralph will make that call, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Ralph would... Would do it if he knew it was us. It's funny, too. No, no, this was Cosmic Comics, not Oh, Cosmic wouldn't let you have. Because Ralph was out. Yeah, so, folks, in the future, uh, if, uh, Cosmic Comics gives you any you know problem, just say, oh, I'm getting it for the guys in Geek Shock. Mm. <laughs> and uh, that, should, uh, that, should, right. that should cut you some slack. Mm. Yay, Cosmic. No, Cos- apparently they did have more. If they didn't have more, they weren't going to let me have the more. Well, thank pl- you very much, Todd. Yeah, that's you, great. Todd. Welcome thank you, man. Much. Cosmic is probably as good a time. Big. Yeah. It's probably the largest comic store that I know of. In it town. is big. Yeah, the the new well, new. It's they've been there for what six years yeah. now. Yeah, uh, their newer location is huge and has quite a selection of not just comics but collectibles and stuff. Now, I did like it when Cosmic was in the same shopping plaza as the Pinball Hall of Fame and yes. the cheap movie theater, but right. the other two of them moved away. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So does Cosmic? Um, <clears throat> Have you been to Cosmic? Yes, I have. Okay, so what do you think? Because Action's graphic novel trade paperback wall it's been is, a while. is compact, it's, it's but it is dense. Yes. Yep. Whereas Cosmic is a little more laid out. I actually have a hard time judging who has the greater amount of stock in in the prestige, you know, the trade paperbacks and those... Mm. Those, uh, I, I have to. I think it goes still to Cosmic you're because still with Cosmic? he's got he's, those cubes which have yeah. four sides on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the whole back wall is a set line. Mm-hmm. And but he's got a lot of forward facing. Yeah, the impressive thing more. about Action sure. is it's all spines. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. They just I Action mean, does good with their space. There's no Jesus. Doubt. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of square footage because I, I was chatting up at Cosmic with one of the because uh, they were con- they commented on my shirt and I was chatting up with one of the ladies that was running the register and as Jeff will she, do. She was telling me that the back area is 
quite large as well. So they have a lot of That's back stock. And they also have a large selection of comics in the back. Ayo! Because I, I was looking for something one time and they were She's able like, to here, get it. Here, let me show you in the me. back. Come here. <laughs> At any rate, yeah, Cosmic's got a lot of square footage. To mm-hmm. And like their collectible prices are pretty competitive with what you can find online, too. So, yeah. so it's worth shopping locally. And extensive, too. Yeah. I mean, they got a nice. Uh, they got uh, Action has an insane uh, uh, back stock, um, uh, back issue back right. stock. And their wall, Action's wall, I think, is. Uh, of the the higher end, higher priced uh, collectible stuff is. What's the one on Boulder Highway? That's action. That's action. Okay. Yeah. Boulder and yeah. Lake Mead. Yeah. I like so. shopping at Alternate Reality because it's convenient. Well, and Cosmic is not that much further away, but it just seems like most of the time when I'm doing running around, I'm doing a lot more running around closer to the condo, so I don't always make it up to. They're, they're less than a mile apart, but we we do have a, a, a no. They're a, more than a mile apart. It's about a mile apart. You're mm. you're talking to the man who does the. Well, that uh, used to be my beat before I was fired. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Maryland Parkway <laughs> and Sand Hill are not a mile apart. It's a mile from Maryland to to Eastern. It's another mile Ooh. from Eastern to Pecos. Nerd fight. And Sand Hill is about I'll, another I'll half it in mile. A second, but yeah. Jeff, hold on. Who has the more parking spaces? <laughs> Yeah, that, uh, that, that goes actually, to Cosmic, that would except... Go to Cosmic, yeah. Well, in theory, they have more parking spaces, but they're always full at Cosmic. Because uh, there's a 24-hour fitness and a grocery store there that eats up all yeah. the parking. But, but Well, Ralph, they posted the no fitness parking on a lot of the spaces. Yeah. So. Alternate reality run by Ralph. Yeah. Uh, I still go to simply because Ralph... He's awesome. He is a great retail. He has literally won national awards in the past for uh, for his comics retailing he's great he he totally is he's nice and intuitive so he'll talk with you he'll get a feel for your taste and then he'll begin able to start recommending stuff <clears throat> that um you know is not just like the 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 fallback comic retailer nerd they're recommending stuff which turns out to be their favorite stuff their stuff that you they would hope you would like Ralph will actually search it out and figure it out for you. And if he doesn't have it, he'll go- Cosmic is his go-to. Too. Yeah. He's like, uh, I don't think I have it, but Cosmic might, you know, he'll, he'll always do that. I, I, wonder, uh, I bow to I wonder I, if they return the favor. Maybe. Yeah, they no, do. They're, they're, they go back and forth. They're friends. Uh, and I, I bow to 80s. Uh, it's, it's three miles. <laughs> 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 Never doubt my skills. It, it's 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 not it's not like it was like oh I was off by point three fact miles. Fact check got fact check. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's three times as far. It, it's a real easy mile. It's a real easy ride though. It's a straight oh, yeah. up the road. Boom. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, if you just get on Flamingo and go yeah. eastbound, <laughs> except for all the oh fucking traffic lights. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of traffic lights on Flamingo. Weekend geek. Yay. <laughs> According to a report from Bloomberg. What? Oh, I'm just thinking of the Californians. You just go up a video and across all the I-15. You're gonna make a left. You guys just had a Nevada version of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> from Saturday, um, 
fuck? Where was it? I'm sure Chris. Yes. I'm yes. sure Chris and Sam in England are enjoying the the mm. traffic directions of Las Vegas. <laughs> but what does that the word roundabout in it? That'll make it work. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. The roundabout. <laughs> According to a report from Bloomberg in early 2018, dynamic pricing lobbyist and ticketing app maker Adam Tickets LLC will be working Regal Theaters on demand-based fluctuations in the cost of a movie. As the traditional movie model falters under the rise of streaming services, the theatrical process must adapt to newly empowered customers. Yes. When choice is on the side of the consumer, the provider must leverage the attributes it still has available. For Regal, this means investing in blockbusters. As Bloomberg explains, this is, quote, a system that would involve charging higher prices for hit movies and lower prices for unpopular movies, unquote. As far as those films that are hits in the theaters, that generally means uh, cheap to produce horror movies, the big studio tent poles, likely starring superhero or animated critters, and the odd and often unpredicted comedy. Under Regal's new model, as soon as these films are proven hits, their ticket prices will jump up. Yeah. The scary potential here is that the surprise horror and comedy hits may see prohibitive price increases simply because the audiences aren't willing to pay a higher price for a film they could stream in a month or two. Uh, the 10-pole, on the other hand, has already been used to milk moviegoers, uh, tacking on 3D, 4D, IMAX, uh, other extras to jack up the price on audiences considered pre-sold. Uh, movies like Justice League, with massive marketing budgets and a fan base hooked through the previous films, could be exploited based on opening night sales, even if the film faces a significant performance drop-off. So essentially, to get around this, go on opening night, or the weekend of before they get all yeah, the numbers be, be, Yeah, before well, the stock market films. kicks in. Yeah. As for the rest of the films, they'll likely be cheaper in an effort to get people to attend, and that's good news for anyone with alternative tastes. Um, like most indies, don't perform well enough in large-change theaters to warm anything but a price dip. Uh, Low-budget Oscar contenders aren't the only films that'll benefit. Flops such as The Dark Tower and Geostorm. Uh, not, we'll not to mention the Emoji Movie. Would see a fire sale in tickets. Right. So, what do you think of this dynamic pricing? I don't uh, like it. Yeah. I don't like yeah. it. Because yeah. I, I, like. I was reading some stuff on Hollywood Reporter about that too, and they're talking about how you know your your, your tentpole films, you know your big budget films, are most likely going to keep that high ticket price regardless of whether they're popular enough. So, if it comes out and it's a total bomb. Because they spent so much money for that particular film, they're going to keep those prices high and not adjust it, whereas they would with a film that's not very popular when it first comes out, but then suddenly gets a cult following, then they'll slowly increase the ticket price to match. So it's... I have an idea. It's, it's crazy. I think it's ridiculous. Why don't they just fire all their ad guys? And stop paying so much money on advertising that doesn't <laughs> no, work anymore. Well, it's not the, from the movie side. This is from the theater side. Yeah, I know. But the, the fundamental issue is that movie theaters rarely make money off of ticket sales. Yeah, it's all concession. It's it's yeah. all concessions and other add-ons that you can get at the theater because there's a typically a fixed price for the number of screens that you're going to be exhibiting whatever movie it is on. So after you've paid that, it's all a matter of recouping the cost that you spent on that. So uh, I, I remember reading that typically a movie, unless a movie is in a theater for at least a month and a half, 
they don't even break even on that. So a lot of times they're just off of ticket sales alone, I should say. So a lot of times they're banking on concession sales to help them recoup some of the costs that they've spent on that. But if a film is in the theater for like, say, two months straight, they've broken even and made a little bit of profit just off of ticket sales. I think it's a huge mistake when people are already don't need much of a reason to wait for it to come out and watch it yeah. on TV. Yeah. Watch it on some sort of streaming. They, they, what they should be doing is what they have been doing, which is upping the experience, better seats, you know, better formats to watch it in. I, I think, yeah. You charge- can never, you can never um, up the way your couch is. If your couch at home <laughs> is way better than anything a movie theater seat can offer you. But what about this, though? My couch doesn't have a tray. They can get ahead of it. I'm thinking like 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 a Roku box or something, but just like a Regal box, and it releases onto that. They have that now. It just hasn't done yeah, very but, well because. But it's not. Are you at, Regal wouldn't be doing that. That would be no, the I mean, movie theaters, the, the movie producers themselves. Yeah, because that would cut the it. distributors would be doing that. The reason also, that hasn't. Sorry, you're, right, you're, you're suggesting another. Uh, an- another streaming service. Fuck you very much. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm, I'm. What he's talking about, though, is actually video on demand the day of. They yeah. have a they have a service that is ridiculously expensive. So unless you're a very wealthy individual, you're not going to be able to avoid to afford this. But literally, it's the same day that it releases in the movie theaters. You can release it into your home theater. Now the problem with this is. Beyond the fact that it's just so expensive, there's all just to install. There's a repeat licensing fee that you have to pay for every film that you're going to exhibit in your home theater, mm. and then there's like a scaling thing for the number of quote unquote seats you have in your home theater. But so, it's so less and less it. people, especially here in the U.S., because I don't know, international box offices seem to be unaffected. Yeah. Well, but, and then uh, here in the U.S., definitely then start shutting your places and you have to go to that and make it cheaper somehow. Well, I was just say the other but reason somehow. that that probably won't work is because that would mean cutting out the theater owners. The studios make a lot of money self-distributing their films to theater owners. They don't make money off of the box office. They make money by saying, how many prints do you want? Okay, we'll give them to you for 20 grand a pop. Which it's all you know, it's all served up on a hard drive nowadays. Yeah. I actually have a picture from when I did this, the Paramount VIP tour, and they showed this is how we distribute our films now. This gets sent to the theater. They are allowed X number of exhibitions in a certain number of theaters, and they just pay for that. So yeah, it's not. It, they're not going to give up their money maker by doing it themselves. All right, so please shoot this down if I'm wrong. But does this seem an extraordinarily stupid idea when you're the only movie theater doing this? Yes. Yes. Because if they're going to charge $20 a ticket to see Justice League. Depends on how and, much they charge. And the other theaters are charging $14 a shot of, I mean, of Justice League. We're talking, you're, you're only going to get people in there for the movies that don't do well or aren't well attended. Well, we can hope that people don't go in for this. But well, isn't well, that a little like saying MGM is colossally stupid right. for charging for parking? On that actually works on their oh, favor, so, oh, so, so you're yeah. saying the other theaters... The go others follow. are going to be watching this. Sure. Because if it happens to work out, they'll, it, be, they'll if, start picking it up and yeah, it'll become just, the industry model. If it increases that... Uh, if it was, Did you say it was Century? Uh, Regal. 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 If Regal's profit margin increases, of course the other theater is going to pick it up because... 
they've just recently announced here in town, uh, you know, MGM's been charging for parking for, what, year and a half exactly now? Exactly, my two point. Years. More than that. Caesars has picked that up, but when Caesars did it initially, they said, we will never charge locals for parking. But now that Caesars has shown an increase in pe- locals parking at their properties and then going to other properties because they had the free parking for locals, they're now going to start charging locals for parking. So, Starting yes, Thursday. it's, yeah, it's, I think what you're saying is very possible. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I mean, I don't, I, I, I would love to sit there and say this is incredibly stupid and it's going to bomb. But it's the consumer has shown they will put up with some serious shit. Yeah, and you got to remember too, like rural parts of the country, that Regal's like the only only yeah. there is that only game in town. There is that. Yep. So. Yikes! Hate to be in that part of the country. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, fly overland. Century and Regal no own live there. <laughs> Century and Regal own most of your sub uh, companies in the theater biz now. So, Galaxy, if you're listening, don't do this, please. Yeah, Galaxy's one of the still few independent. Because uh, if I remember correctly, was it uh, was, uh, one of those two? Century, Re- I think it's Regal bought like AMC theater chain. Mm. So now they've expanded into all of these. Yeah, uh, Galaxy. Well, like what he was saying, there's a lot of rural areas where you have one theater. Yeah. yeah, it might be a multiplex, but now it's owned by one of these two major companies. So. But Galaxy is a perfect example. I mean, that we we all we all paid more money to go see a movie at Galaxy because the, yeah, but it's like two bucks more, right? And, and not, but it was and it was that much better to it was oh yeah. yeah. But it did send a, a standard for the industry because a lot of other theaters have now started putting the recliners in right. and, and the you know fewer serving alcohol. True, but and that, all that yeah. and the, yeah. the thing there is yeah. that's a cus- that's a consumer benefit. Yeah, they're, and they're, also they're, consumer driven. They the, were seeing yeah. their their right. movie audience move to Galaxy. The, the consumer, yeah. the 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 only consumer benefit for this plan is less popular movies are more affordable. Yeah, are they more affordable? Are they going to cost less? Or are they? they, they yeah, they exactly. Yeah, they, they're saying they would charge it, it, less for yeah, a film that may, wasn't. Yeah, but are, is it less how much than less? now? Right, or is exactly. it less than what they will charge for? That the is exactly what I was trying to say. Yes. That's a good question. Which means no change in what we're paying right now, just more expensive. But yeah, I can't say as I rest my case, I Your guess, Honor. I was gonna say, I guess we'll have to wait and find <laughs> out. Yeah, it's it's a uh, yeah. And Regal is right by my house. That's that's Sons my fallback when I don't go to Galaxy. Meh. Zachary Levi will be playing Captain Marvel in the upcoming DCEU feature film Shazam. Oh, oh, God. Okay, got it. Oh, <laughs> I'm like you got a Carol Danvers. Yes, <laughs> I would. Not wa- I would watch Marvel, that heartbeat. I would watch Zachary Levi play Carol Danvers anytime. <laughs> this is funny. We're back in the whole two Captain Marvel problem again. They'll probably, I got have a feeling they'll really run with the whole Shazam thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, created by Bill Parker and C. C. Beck in 1939, Captain Marvel, aka Shazam was a Superman-esque caped crime fighter and the alter ego of the mortal Billy Batson, who would transform into the strapping superhero upon the invocation of the name Shazam. The character first appeared in Wiz Comics, number two. <laughs> Wouldn't that be Wiz Comics, number one? Yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Wiz Comics, number two, in February 1940, and quickly became a multi-million issue seller throughout the decade. DC Comics acquired the rights to Captain Marvel in 1972. 
though a live action feature has been in various forms of development over the past 17 years. That's a shorthand version of a very long story. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> very trust, long trust me, I did this thing down. <laughs> DC and New Line revealed earlier this year that they were pushing forward a two-movie Shazam film. This summer, it was announced that David S. Sandberg... Two-movie uh, Shazam film? Yes. Two parts. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, David Sandberg, who did Lights Out, Annabelle Creation, will be directing the first film slated for April 9th, 2019, which would not include Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam, the ancient Egyptian priest and nemesis of Captain Marvel. Johnson gets his own solo film later in the lengthy DC schedule. Separate from the two Captain Marvel yes. movie film? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Levi, who was in Chuck and Heroes Reborn, was famously seen in uh, Thor The Dark World as Fandral and returns as the Warriors 3 in, this, uh, in Thor Ragnarok next week. Uh, Shazam is due to start production in February, ahead of the DCEU Flashpoint feature. Zachary Levi is Shazam. Speaking okay. of films in two parts, I just uh, found out earlier this week, uh, or I guess technically late last week, Blade Runner 2049 was originally going to be in two parts, two two-hour movies. Wow. And they cut it down to one three-hour and was it 20 minutes? So this means we're going to get another box set of like four versions of the film? Probably. Uh, well, it would only be appropriate right. <laughs> to the tradition. <laughs> what would the it splitting point be? Good question. I don't know. Wow. Did I, did I mention this uh, before? I uh, A couple of weeks ago, I stumbled across on YouTube... Uh, somebody put up an episode of Sneak Previews, Siskel and Ebert, before oh, they wow. were Siskel and Ebert, yeah, yeah. when they reviewed Blade Runner. Blade Runner. And it was really funny because they, they were generally with the conventional consensus. They didn't like it. Oh, wow. And it was, I'm listening to them talk, and I'm like, you know what? These guys, these, these two sound exactly like the fucking people complaining about Blade Runner 2049. I have no connection to the characters. I really don't like anybody. It goes nowhere. I mean, nothing's happening. It just goes, you know, it's visually amazing. You know, and, and Roger Ebert was like, I didn't think the movie was great and I didn't like it, but I was visually amazed by it. And Siskel was like, oh, I was too for the first half hour. And then what? <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's like I well, swear to God, I have read this shit on Facebook with people talking about 2049. Mm. It's really, really funny. So he nailed the tone. Yeah. Exactly. It, 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 it's hilarious because their criticism of Blade Runner is just like people bitching about 2049. I always I found it fascinating with like the old at the movies with those two guys. From As a kid, I remember several of like the movies that I really liked and have, that, which have gone on to become you know, either cult classics or fan love, beloved films. How often they did not like a film. Well, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Overall, they hated the horror genre. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they, they always, it was two thousand. They probably liked The Shining, and that's probably it. Yeah, right. Right. Sisko liked um, some genre film, a lot more genre films than Ebert did, I remember. Okay. Yeah. But what I I really like about it is they're saying this at the time, and it eventually became a cult hit. So I'm wondering how many people who are criticizing this Blade Runner will come around in time in the future. Why are you looking at me like that? I don't know. What was I? Oh. So, I don't know. It, I just thought it was funny because it's like, they're the, it, and it's literally, some of this shit is almost verbatim. 
if you get a chance to look it up on YouTube, do so, because it's really funny how similar their criticisms of Blade Runner run to a lot of criticism of this other one, huh. which is so polarizing. I'm a man. The people who are not liking this movie are interesting about it. I look forward to watching it when it comes on home video. <laughs> Rumors have been circulating about GameStop potentially starting a game rental program. GameStop has now confirmed that the Power Pass program will launch on November 19th, which will allow customers to swap used games indefinitely over the course of six months for a $60 fee. Power Pass will be part of GameStop's holiday strategy, can be purchased as a gift. Uh, for $60, gamers can enjoy, quote, unlimited gaming for six months with customers able to select any used title they wish. At the end of the six months period, subscribers can choose one game to keep. Uh, it's worth noting the Power Pass program requires customers to be Power Up Rewards members to join. According to GameStop, the Power Up Rewards requirement is so the company can better keep track of which games, uh, used games customers have rented out. GameStop is currently in the process of rolling this program out and should be available in all stores come November 19th. And there's two levels to that power up. There's like a paid and a free. Right. So yeah, you, you don't get the magazine. Yeah. And, yeah. You don't have to, from what I gathered, you don't have to be a part of the paid no. power up program. They you just have be to be part of the free. Yeah, you they just, just have, have to know pay. what you're renting is yeah. what it comes down to. So how is that comparable, like price wise to uh, Gamefly? Gamefly. Thank you. Uh, Gamefly is a little more expensive. Okay. Even on the uh, one game a month program. Okay. Uh, not a month. One game out program. Sure. Uh, the I, the upside of this GameStop one is that it's as good as your local store. Right, yeah. You, you're, you're done with the game. You go there. You switch it out for another game. You do that for six months. At the end, whatever game you like best or some other game they have, you get to keep one. So yeah. your mileage may vary depending on where you live. Sure. Like, for instance, here, like within, I'd say, a two-mile stretch from where we live... There's at least three Game Stops. Sure. So, and, and I don't in know. In some towns, there's only one or two. Of course. Though, so, and I don't, and I don't know if you can, you know, mix and match from stores. I don't know if you can rent one from the other and turn it in at another one while you pick up. Something yeah, that, that wasn't exactly clear. But supposedly, if you're, it would make sense to me that if you're a Power Up Pass because you can use it at any store, that you would be able to rent Re from return any to store. any store. Well, I think you you might have to return it to that same okay. store, That's but what I, mean, I think you it. could take from any store, yeah. and maybe you could return to any store. You that would be make a, sense, because I, I remember Blockbuster, towards the end, started having their program to complete with ne compete with Netflix, where you could pick any movie in the store, take it home, either return it to that store, or you could return it to another store and pick or order offline and have it mailed to you all on Netflix, the the physical media sure. rental. Uh, so Now, Gamefly, what they have above this is that Gamefly has new games you can use. Right. When you receive a game from Gamefly, it's unless it's a, an older game, you're getting it fairly new. Even if right. some people have gotten it before you, it hasn't been many, so it's not damaged and they're, they're good to... Repair that, but again, you have that mailing time in between. Right. Now, if you're doing the two-game thing, you know, you play one while the other one's out. Sure. So, I would say, you know, if you, your interest is in the older games, and this goes, they, you can get classic stuff, too. It's about any game they have classic uh, for older systems, even. Nintendos. 
Well, and to be fair, I, I've been to GameStop many times where a game has literally come out like the day before and there's already a used copy on the shelf. So, again, yes, yeah, like I said, your, your mileage may vary depending on where you live. But I'd say the more systems you have, the better that will be sure. for you. It sounds so, so it sounds be, like a decent... Yeah, competitive at least yeah. to Gamefly. So, yeah, I, I can't... Uh, I'll, I'll still keep Gamefly. I'm probably not going to join this thing just because... I might look into it since, uh, you know because Gamefly has kept me in such new games over time that I've played the ones already that yeah. are you know a few years old that I've wanted to. Oh, At least you, they're trying something, though. He, yeah. Something. They're, they're, no, yeah. And, it's, and it's great. This He's saved a, himself a ton of money by doing... Like, the games that he was excited about got played for five minutes and said, this sucks, and yeah. it's back in the mail. So. I like the whole play-before-you-buy thing. Mm, right. 20th Century Fox and Locksmith Animation have announced their plans to release a new sci-fi animated movie titled Ron's Gone Wrong in 2020. It's the first project from the newly announced multi-year production partnership between Fox and Locksmith. That's UK's new high-end CG feature animation studio. The press release says the movie tells the story of a wonderful walking, talking, digitally connected bot that sweeps the world, becoming every kid's new best friend. But when an 11-year-old boy named Barney ends up with one that doesn't work, his attempts to teach it to become teach it becomes a hilarious emotional exploration of what real friendship means in a world of algorithms and social media. The movie is being held by co-directors Alessandro Carloni, who did Kung Po, uh, Kung, po Kung Fu Panda Number Three, and Pixar story veteran J.P. Pine, who did Inside Out and The Good Dinosaur. Uh, They're joined by an impressive list of award-winning talent, including production designer Nathan Crowley, who was behind Dunkirk, Interstellar, and The Dark Knight, and uh, character designer Carter Goodrich, who is a designer for Red Hat 2 and Despicable Me. So, guy that designed Minions, basically. Could be good. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's got promise. Uh, Sad news, uh, John Mollo, the British costume designer, has died at the age of 86, having worked on the first two movies in the original Star Wars trilogy, A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back, Malo created some of the most recognizable outfits in cinematic history, including the ones for Darth Vader, Princess Leia, and Han Solo. Despite no credits on Return of the Jedi, any of the prequels, or the Disney revived sequels, Malo's designs in 1977 set the stage for every entry in the Star Wars universe since then. Malo used real-world inspirations for his costumes to tell George Lucas's space opera about the struggle between good and evil, and Malo's work extended to other science fiction and award-winning films, such as Ridley Scott's Alien in 79, Richard Attenborough's Gandhi in 82, for which he won his second Oscar, his first for Star Wars, and Event Horizon in 1997. Mm. So, reason why your toys look the way they do is this guy. I love this story. I'm hoping to love this story when it comes out, but right now I already love this story. Clive Barker. Okay. Clive Barker's Nightbreed and Dave and Cronenberg's Dead Ringers are being developed for television, with Barker and Cronenberg confirmed to be involved in the respective projects. Nightbreed, written and directed by Barker, was based on his horror novella Cabal and followed a young man who discovers a mythical place called Midian, a secret community of monsters hiding from humanity. Deadline reports that Morgan Creek Productions 
is changing its name to Morgan Creek Entertainment Group, and the company is making a push across several media platforms, including movies, TV, and digital. And that includes mining its extensive library, and Nightbreed isn't the only title uh, primed for remake, reimagining, or reboot. All of them mostly for TV. Uh, 1996 Diabolique, uh, Michael Keaton's starer Pacific Heights from 1990, and David Cronenberg's Dead Ringers are in various stages of development, with a showrunner currently in talks for the Dead Ringers TV series. Uh, Morgan Creek says its priority is to get the blessing of the original creators and to involve them in the new projects. For example, Barker has been part of the pitch for the Nightbreed TV series, while Cronenberg has been said to be supportive of the Dead Ringers reboot. Uh, the 1988 movie directed by Cronenberg starred Jeremy Irons in the role of twin gynecologists who take advantage of the fact that no one can tell them apart until their relationship falls apart over Genevieve Bujol. Also, plans were afoot for a Young Guns movie and TV series, and discussions are apparently underway with a streaming service, uh, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, uh, while the Ace Ventura franchise will be relaunched with a new movie in the spirit of the original. That's a tough sell. Wow. That's weird. Clearly, they're not going to get the original actor. It says because it's episodic in nature about a pet detective, it also lends itself to a traditional single-camera series for franchise, unquote. Uh, Major League was also mentioned. Hmm. The baseball Interesting. movie. Uh, Morgan Creek's renewed effort to mine its library started five years ago with The Exorcist. The company acquired the title from Warner Brothers a while back, and though its efforts uh, rebooted as a TV series on Fox, its series hasn't been a ratings juggernaut, but Exorcist has garnered strong reviews and is currently airing in its second season. So they are just mining these old properties for heavy reboot potential, and mostly for television. Yeah, none of them sound like... I mean, I know, I know you're a big into the Clyde Barker and Horace, but none of these sounds like they were huge properties the first time around. They were hit enough. I mean, Nightbreed right. was, wasn't really a hit. It's just it found its fans. Right, right. Major League was a hit. Major League was a hit. Young yeah. Guns, of course, was a hit. But Ace Ventura, that's so weird. Yeah. yeah because I mean, Ace you, Ventura you, is Jim Carrey. Right. You can't do I can't yeah. say how you do it without Jim Carrey. Yeah. I mean, well, they like, tried to do one with like some kid that was playing his son, and it was just god awful. Yeah, I, I, I watched awful. like 10 minutes of it, and I'm like, nope. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't see how they could pull this off at all. See what you did there. But Thank just you. with that title. The other ones, go for it. But, oh, yeah. that's That was lightning it's, it's, striking perfectly. Was there, a, yeah. was there an Ace Ventura Pet Detective cartoon? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that's about the response you should have no. with that, too. That My understanding like is it didn't last very long, and it didn't ha- it had some Jim Carrey sound-alike that didn't really sound very much like him. It's, it's If you don't have Jim Carrey, you don't have it. And frankly, if you don't have young Jim Carrey, you don't have it. Jim, right? Jim, Jim Carrey has become such a nihilist that I don't think you'd even re- you approach that character mm. without some really dark angle. Did I ever tell you my, my Jim Carrey story? No. Of, of when I, I finally got to see my my, my hero at the, at the prize fight. I haven't told the story. No, okay. I don't think so. We're laying this out. Generally, when you tell these stories, they don't go the way you want them to. No, no, they never do. When I was in college, I was a huge Jim Carrey fan, right. through and through. I had a shrine in my college apartment Shaka. behind my bed that was just a collage 
of Jim Carrey stuff. If he, he was really? in a, if he was in a magazine, I cut it out to make sure that it was part of that. I worshipped at the feet of Jim Carrey, much of the chagrin of my theater professors. Were there candles and a stone knife for sacrifices? Not yet. Okay. That came later. But I, I, I was a college student. I'm I learning something much. new about you. Right you didn't now. know this? Uh, no. Wow. I, I, I'm surprised I never I mean, I visited you in college, but I don't remember ever seeing the shrine. Then again, I never went in your room, so maybe that was why. Now, before I moved to Vegas, Las Vegas. <laughs> you mean the shrine that was in his room that you didn't go into, so you didn't see it? <laughs> I see, Jeff. So you were never in his room at college. I understand. Or you almost saw the shrine? <laughs> no, I slept on the sofa. Oh. Because now, of the- Las Vegas, before I moved here, was a regular family day- vacation spot. We- Ever since 84, I came to Las Vegas every year with mom and dad. One of the trips, probably about, I would say about 94, right in the heavy Jim Carrey craze, right around the time like Mask came out. So right after uh, In Living Color, but... Uh, after yeah. after Pet Detective, after Mask, gotcha. we're, we're talking, yeah. de- the world had Jim Carrey fever. Sure. Bruce Almighty. And, you know. So... Dad had the Review Journal back when it was a decent newspaper, and there was... Before they fired me. Right. <laughs> I love how your expression has changed. There. And it was Fucking Mike Review Tyson Journal. fighting somebody, so it's still in the Mike Tyson craze days, mm-hmm. and they had in there celebrities expected to attend, and one of them was Jim Carrey. So I'm like, Mom, Dad... You have to drop me off at the MGM because if he's going to be there, maybe I can like catch him on the crowd coming there and then I can get his picture or something like that. How old are you wandering around by yourself in the MGM? Yes, I'm in college. Okay. All right. <laughs> 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 I'm a sophomore Andy. in college. So I was a four-year-old boy. 19, walking through 1920 <laughs> then, right? Where did Kevin Spacey yeah. touch you? <laughs> Jesus. Show Too us soon. On, show us on the Andy where Kevin Spacey touched you. <laughs> That was God the worst damn. job I ever had. <laughs> but it paid well. So there's a huge crowd outside the fight milling about because celebrity watching is a thing sure. in Vegas when these things happen. Yeah. And they all come through the long hallway. So I'm seeing celebrities of the time MC Hammer walks through and so on. I can't remember. He's the only one that I remember. And it's coming about time that the fight's happening. And, and, so, and no one else is coming through. It's on, so... I missed him somehow, or he came through some back way more than likely that he didn't want to be amongst the crowd. So, fine. But it's a Mike Tyson fight, so I'm thinking, it might not be long. So I'm going to stick around, and, and maybe I'll catch him coming out. So, because some of this crowd's already dissipated. There's still some people sticking around, but not the huge crowd it was. So I'm waiting, waiting, waiting for ages. Apparently it wasn't one of those Mike Tyson fights. And sure enough, the fight's over. People start coming out. It's like, okay, I got the camera ready and just nothing, nothing, nothing. Then there's a fervor in the crowd. And the whispers start coming, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey. And I'm like, shit, this is it. This is the moment. So I'm watching, waiting, and I see the crowd move. I can't see him, (laughs) but obviously he's there because everything's moving with him. So I rush to where I think he's headed. 
down past everybody and I'm, I'm tripping over people and knocking into people and sorry, sorry, blah, blah, blah. And I'm getting up front and soon I got a spot and here he comes. There he is, Jim Carrey himself being led by security. I'm like, holy shit. I get close up in front. I take a flash picture. Bam. Jim Carrey's eyes get wide and that you know that look you get when you get that flash in your eyes that's completely disorients you. That's what I did to him. <laughs> you, you can just see that the roll of his eyes that like he didn't know where he was. And, and security moves him on, and that's it. I'm like, oh, I got to get this developed. I developed the picture. It's a great picture of Jim Carrey. Amazing. Like you, almost like it was posed for me. You pissed and, off Jim Carrey. And I stuck it on the wall right in the center of my, my, my tribute to Jim Carrey, and life went on beautifully. I don't believe you. Cut to about 10, 12 years later. I'm reading an interview with Jim Carrey. And the... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my. The interviewee asks him the question, is there any time in the height of your fame that you were scared for your life? And he says, there's this one time in a fight in Las Vegas where I was hit with a flash bulb flash that completely disoriented me. And in that moment, I didn't know where it was. I didn't know which way I was directing. The security was taking me out. And, and I thought I was about to be rushed by, by somebody. And, and that's the only time I was ever really scared for my life. Way to go. <laughs> and I read that and I thought, Yes! <laughs> wow. Oh. Call him up somehow and be like, or send him email, I don't know, something. Or, oh, no, actually. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. DM him on Twitter and be like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> Call up TMZ and he's like, hey, you want to know who that guy was that scarred Jim Carrey for life? It was me. And you got the picture to prove it. <laughs> I, that story did fu- not. What's funny is I don't know where that picture is now. It's, oh, a, it's lost somewhere. That story did not disappoint. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> and after that, he started being an anti-vaxxer. Oh, boy. He's, oh well, he's boy. changed up on yeah. that now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, when he was with Jenny McCarthy, ooh. Yeah, but, but when he gave up on anti-vaxxing, he gave up on life. He's a, he's a dark man right now, mm. but an interesting man right now. I will say that. So, yeah, that's my Jim Carrey story. Oof. Wow. How have I never heard this I'm, before? I'm surprised. I can't believe I haven't said it on the podcast. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go you need a new shrine. I, 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 I trust me. Which the, How next powerful to the Brian Keene shrine yeah, so or it, the Joe Hill shrine? Right? Or, I'm just trying to think of or how my powerful. my Mike Cole shrine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> One book. <laughs> <laughs> this is big, huge space around it. One book. <laughs> How powerful was this flash? Like I'm thinking, that there's Andy there it's holding the bulb. Even, <laughs> I, <laughs> like, can, I can guarantee you, it was a disposable camera. It was oh, a halogen nine thousand. Yeah, it wasn't even that big paint. of a flash. It probably just caught him at just the right moment. Yeah. It might have been you and a few others just happened to hit at within perhaps. The same Jeff, don't take this away. No, from this him. mine. Don't. No, don't, it was. Don't. Right. Don't, don't no, take it, this away. You know why? Because when I hit it. It, then his windows eyes went. It was me. It, don't you fucking say anything. It was so, me. So take the science out and we'll live in, you know, our fantasy world. Okay. I got you it. Like, like you, every other human being. You weren't there. You didn't see the movie. <laughs> in 2015, we first heard the news that Patrick Rothfuss's fantasy book series, The King, Kill- King Killer Chronicle, 
will be getting its very own multi-platform universe produced by Lionsgate. Now, Showtime is set to develop the TV series. If you're not familiar with the series of books by Patrick Rothfuss, which began in 2007 with The Name of the Wind, a series follows, quote, the adventurer, magician, and musician as he recounts the story of his life to a chronicler. According to Deadline, quote, the television adaptation is a subversive origin story set a generation before the events of the trilogy's first novel, unquote. And Lin-Manuel Miranda is set to executive produce the series, while John Rogers from Leverage will be the showrunner. Whoa. Nice. Right. Well, there, there's a strong music component to the novels, so that, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, because he's a songwriter and musician. Uh-huh. Um, has anyone here read any of the King Keller Chronicles? I can't read. That's what I hear. Yes. I, I don't want to rub it in. All right. Okay. Uh, the Warhammer 40k books are its own thing. Scarred me forever. Well, they, he, he, he can read, but only in it, Canadian, and there's so oh, few books yeah. published in Canadian. That's so true. His belly's yeah. in the way. <laughs> oh, oh! I'm looking over at you there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm sorry. Me and my 50 pounds lighter than you. Okay, <laughs> do, do, hey, do you have something we were supposed to remind yourself of? Is that what it keeps going off? Uh, you you mean the four wings in Todd's refrigerator <laughs> yeah. that I am fucking not going to forget this time? Four wings and leave them behind. There are four wings. Oh man, Jeez, I so remember. There, there was a time I w- I hadn't even gotten home and I fucking texted yeah. one of you. I was from Russell Road, and I just went, God damn it! Mm-hmm. I, got a, I got a fuck text from you one time. I was like, fuck! I left yeah. my food in your refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Again. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, and uh, I, was like, I was like, just come back and get it. Uh, and then a week goes by, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess he's not. Nah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I read The Name of the Wind. Uh the first of the series, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it, was, it, was, it was good. Is the name of the wind Mariah? Uh, no, it's windy. That's weird. Yeah. Does That's it cry, Mary? No. <laughs> but what's really weird about that book is it's nearly plotless. It's it's very much a character piece about this guy that grew up in a traveling minstrel shows and and it was attacked and he was left. Penniless, homeless, and living on the street, and then going to a magic university, and then then dealing with the issues of the town and so on. But there's no real plot. There's just a series of stuff that happens. And I can't speak. Maybe the plot kicks in in the second book, and this is the the baseline to get that started. So I, I would read the second book, but I'm not rushing to do it. And I know this book series has its following. To some people, Patrick Rothfuss is is the next coming of Fantasy Christ. Yeah. Yeah, he's really popular. And uh, he gets a lot of George R. R. Martin shit in terms of finish your fucking books. Because <laughs> he keeps a pretty high profile in he convention does. appearances. He does the uh, Penny Arcade D&D celebrity things at okay. PAX and stuff. Uh, and then he doesn't come out with the new book this year <laughs> you know and he'll he'll contribute short stories to anthologies and stuff like that so a, a lot like george martin he's frustrates his fans a bit gets a and sure. gets shit for it 
Although that's about the closest because this this novel is anywhere nowhere near grimdark, as far as it's yeah. I mean, it, I mean, dark stuff happens, and it's you know, there's some heavy moments, but I wouldn't put it at George R. R. Martin heavy. Yeah, no, I'm yeah in the right just in as terms far as of his, the fan, yeah, the fan reaction, yeah, because no, he's it, planning like six books. I think he hasn't released the third one yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still on the third. Maybe you don't need to read them so quickly. The Gentleman yeah. Bastard is the second one, isn't it? Or is that just the name of the group? Or I don't even remember. I, I don't. Oh well. So, it but is. it's interesting that this is the series they're doing for Showtime. Takes place a generation before the novels. Well, they don't want to run into the. Uh, yes, yeah. exactly. They don't want to run <laughs> Pat, into that. Pat, can you tell us how you plan this to go? So, and when mm. we beat you, we can. In fact, when I was researching this story, there was a one that connected to it, saying that Lin Manuel Nori, Nori, uh, Lin Manuel Noriega, Noriega. <laughs> <laughs> songwriter and, and dictator, and yes, <laughs> and drug. Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda doesn't <laughs> doesn't know how how the yeah. novels end. Yeah, you don't want to get a Noriega warning. No, no, it's a. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. He's also doing the Contra movie, apparently. So of course. Of <laughs> <laughs> What's your Noriega? Write to us. Comments at UglyCatShow.com. Oh, man. We didn't get him a num num What? And until next week. Until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Back checked in. Maple Leaf Matt. No, Maple Leaf Matt. Wow. Maple Leaf Fat. Wow. <laughs> he said the same thing last week. I know. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk to you next week in Geek. I hate all you. <laughs> yeah. uh, yet you keep coming back. I know, right? We, we think, love you. We, one would think you like it. He's a masochist. He's <laughs> bringing a gimp. What? <laughs> what? 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 He likes the abuse. Wow. Oh. Oh, Gentleman Bastards was Scott Lynch. Okay, I'm totally uh, fucked. Okay. Up. Never mind. So, and it's Dame of the Winds, not a small book. So it's like 900 pages. Yeah. Yeah, so. that, that's one of the things that intimidated me about it. That's it's, an afternoon a, reading for you, right? It's, it's yeah. a bullet. <laughs> uh, afternoon reading. Well, he goes to the same pocket dimension Jeff goes to play games. Ah, to yes, be. yes. I was, you know, I've got to put this at the end of the show because I forgot to put it at the oh. beginning. Uh, the book club has selected the book for next oh, for this selection. month. So November first begins the reading of "We Are Legion, We Are Bob." Cool. And that is by. Let me check my notes Bob. here. It's definitely not Bob. Hey, Bob. Oh, Robert. Oh, while you're Dennis, your, oh, yeah. yeah, Dennis E. Taylor is yeah. the author of the book. Hey, Bob. Um, I'm about twenty percent through it and. I'm really liking it. And I forgot to plug the Vegas Valley Comic Book Festival, which is Saturday. This Saturday. This what? Saturday. Vegas You're supposed to give us Festival. more notice than this. It's Saturday. That's it's like days. <laughs> Day. What is it again? <laughs> Vegas what? Vegas Valley Comic Book Festival. And the one who's they held appearing at the library. this year? Yeah. What's that? Who's appearing this year? Uh, you, you think I would know that, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> yeah, because you're only on the Because you're plugging it, yeah. so you know. No, I, I know I know the panel I'm doing, which is a uh, panel on how, how to get into comics. Andy? But where's the Geek Shock panel again this I year? I actually have discussed that. That is what will happen. All right. Yeah. I, I need, Andy, I need you to... 
You have this to give weekend. Us- is it going to happen? Do we need to? Uh, <laughs> no, no, more, no. More, more than a week's Three notice, up. so some of us can get the time off. Oh, okay. I told you guys about it like <laughs> months ago. Months ago. Uh, I, Without uh, a firm date. Andy, would you do me a favor and text me on Friday so I don't forget? Yep. Thank we'll you. We'll do that. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. So who's what's the yeah so I, I can't pull up the panel right now I'm having trouble with my phone. oh okay <laughs> so just know that there it, is it's a, a panel it's a panel at one o'clock a, on how to get into comics this Saturday with with people at a yes. library there'll be people there at, in a, Vegas a Marvel at a library ed, yeah. a Marvel editor and two comic creators okay and then and. Uh, other people, no? yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Um, How to get into comics? So there's you. You have a Marvel editor. No, no, I, I, I'm I'm the moderator. I'm okay. not say, not saying how to get comics. All right, hold on. So you have the Marvel editor, which I understand. Then you have two comic readers, comic I, creators. I, oh, I thought it was a comic <laughs> reader. I read the X Men. I read this, and, the, well, uh, and my the way I got opinion. into Avengers <laughs> is I read Avengers, oh, and I really got creators. into it. <laughs> Especially I heard issue one forty seven. And the two part of the followed. Oh, that was that was awesome. It was awesome. I liked the part <laughs> with Captain America through yeah. his shield, uh, and, and, and and then Hawkeye. Yeah, and what, what, this was when he was still bad. Oh, Hawkeye. it was Avengers one forty seven. I think you said yeah. X Men one forty seven. Okay. For those interested, it's Vegas Valley Comic Book Festival dot No, no, no. I want to ta- I want to talk about when 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 Jaguar <laughs> uh, kicked over Modoc. Oh, because yeah. he was doing the crowd because it's usually the thing with Fantastic I'm sorry. Four. That's right. <laughs> and he but said, he, he said, Modoc, you're 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 not gonna get ahead. Ah, that's uh, again what he did there. Kisses, Modoc. Yeah, he should have quit while he was ahead. There's a pillow. I haven't used a pillow in a while, man. This is getting moldy and dusty. Oh. Thank you.